Welcome to the best of fives, and today we will be counting up the best five all-time TV sitcoms. My name is Dave, and I am joined by two eh, okay people at podcasting, Christy. Hey. And Matt. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? <laughs> what only is that? Okay, I'm not going to put any effort into it. Oh, okay. Is that is that your half effort voice? Yeah, I know. It sounded like my George Lucas voice in the Christmas special, so I ditched that real quick. It was well, very was, George Lucas. George Lucas is pretty half assed Oh, that's not nice. He only put half effort into most of that <laughs> stuff. You furnished this. So this is kind of a, just a uh, impromptu kind of list that we were, I don't know, chatting online and hey, let's record something. We I kinda, I, all I know is like hey. I hear, hey, get in here. We got to record something with Dave. That's all the preparation how, I got. That's how she beckoned you to this recording? <laughs> well, I, I took out the cursing. Man, you are henpecked. Mm. I prefer the term whipped. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of dawned on me that we've done all kinds of lists on this show, either in the, the start of the show when we would do lists pretty often and now it's kind of become a part of the Grady's where we'll use it as part of the the conversation about whatever 80s movie we're talking about but nobody's ever done this just plain old TV movie sitcoms and TV I'm kind movie. of surprised TV movie? no well you know what I mean TV, TV oh. sitcoms okay live action and TV sitcoms li- well it doesn't have to be though, I, I had to make it live action on mine Why? to help narrow it down. I actually have a set of rules. First was live action. I was like, okay, good. That narrows it down. Because you put The Simpsons in the mix, and I don't know where to put it because like the first 10 years of The Simpsons are like probably some of the most definitive TV of that time. Then you go from there, and it's not so much. So it's a, that's a tough one. So, But I'll get into that with the rest of my rules. Okay. I'm, in, I'm interested to hear your rules because okay. she, as soon as this came up, you know, it's like, hey, let's just do this. Like spur of the moment kind of thing questions start right away and this happens has always happened with these when christy proposes a list for the grady's uh the crossovers that we do with the best of fives i often start asking questions and the answer usually is just do whatever you want and i used to do a show that used to answer questions people had but that hasn't been on for about a year (laughs) a lot (laughs) a lot (laughs) all right did you have any rules christy um, I limited myself to five. Okay. Uh, Thanks for doing that. Yeah. That was hard. Well, it definitely is. And we say this all the this, time. It's kind of a cliche on this show that we say, like, man, this was a hard list to make, or this was the hardest list to make. This really, I think you can truly say, because everybody that's any, I mean, that has breath in their lungs, has their favorite TV shows. And the older you get, the longer that list gets. This is the second hardest list I've ever made for this show. And the first hardest, I haven't, we haven't even recorded yet. Me and Eric Moore doing a Best of Five's War of the Worlds for War of the Worlds Week this October. And I just put that list together. We we're actually going to record next weekend. And I thought that was the hardest list I ever did. Until now, this is the hardest list I have put together yet. And I'm still not sure it's correct but it's like record time so i gotta go with it yeah it it is hard because everybody has their favorite shows and you go oh i know this and you write down five and then you write down five more and you might write down five more yep and that's what i mean by correct i mean not saying it it, there's like a, a right answer to this i'm saying if i were to think about this for 
longer, it's probably going to change. But uh, it's my honorable mention list is twice as long as my best of fives list. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Is that the way yours is, Christy? Or you just wrote down five? Nope, I just wrote down five. All right. You're secure with your list. I'm secure with my list. It's the difference between men and women, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I didn't overthink it. Well, I overthink everything. I know. I rarely think things through, so... I think Christy would agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, this show is about counting up the best five in a category. And like I said, this is TV sitcoms. And my rules, I'll go first, were just that it had to be a 30-minute show. Because there was a couple shows that are hour-long shows that I was thinking about that are funny. But I cut it down to 30 because that is the traditional definition to me of a sitcom it is a situation comedy that lasts 30 minutes, in actuality, 22 minutes. But I wasn't picking anything that was an hour long or 40 minute show. Well, 22 yeah. minutes if it's aired in the U.S. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I was thinking you guys would have some international stuff on there. All right. Well, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, and I hope that the listeners are as well. So I'll go first. My number five is something that I never. Uh, I'd say within two years ago would have thought I would ever put on a list because I had never seen it before. In fact, I went out of my late, my way to slam this show to people that I knew because I didn't get it. I had seen an episode here or there and I just thought it was silly and kind of pedestrian and it was being given more credit than it needed to be given. But then I sat down and watched it and realized how wrong I was. And my number five is Scrubs. Mm. Ah. And I was never a Scrubs person. I always kind of hated Zach Braff. Don't want no three Scrubs? Of... Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Can't get no I learned... from you? <laughs> I learned a lot from Left Eye and T-Boz over the years. <laughs> but that's not one of them. Yeah, I, I finally, it was on Netflix for a while. It went off of Netflix and on to Hulu, and I have both. So I continued on through. And it, it's one of those shows where... And, and, and I think we'll probably end up talking about this with a lot of the shows that we end up talking about is that if you don't know the characters, you're not going to get a lot of what's going on and you're not going to like it as much because the jokes are so tailor made to characters. And I think that's why I didn't like it at first, because I would just watch one here and there and I didn't know the people. When you invest your time into it and you know these people and you grow to love these people, the jokes resonate way more. Uh, and that's why something like Matt and I joke about this all the time. Matt hates friends. I know that's not going to be on his list. And I think it's part of the reason why people like a show like Friends because you've invested part of your life in their fake lives. And when you do that with something like Scrubs, it becomes that much more wonderful. And the show went from being as silly as a show can be with the fantasies that JD would have to as gut-wrenching and tender as some moments I've ever seen in any television show, including dramas. So because of all that kind of stuff and just the character development and mainly I think because John C. McKinley is the standout star of that show, um, he's amazing as Dr. Cox. It's one of the greatest television characters I've ever seen in any show and that's a whole other list. But I think because of him and the janitor and the little things here and there, it made me love that show, a show that I never thought I would even like. And it's my number five. Cool. Hey. All right, Christy, what's your number five? My number five, we're starting international right away. 
uh, we, I don't remember what got us onto this movie, onto this uh, show, but it is called Coupling. Oh, yeah. The British version, was- not the crappy uh, American version. I know exactly what got us onto it. It was in between stuff that we wanted to watch on BBC America. Uh, so it was like in a block of like, they did like a good two hours of uh, British sitcoms, like two or three, maybe three of them. Definitely two of them were ones we were familiar with, so we wanted mm-hmm. to catch up on them. And this was in between at least those two. Maybe, again, if there's three, it's in between there somewhere. And we ended up loving that just as much, if not more, than some of the ones we were actually trying to catch on the show. Just a really smart, funny, silly, uh, and it's got uh, Jack Davenport. It pretty much features around the main story is Jack Davenport from um, Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Uh, he's the he's the British captain in that. Uh, he starts dating Susan, and you kind of see how interwoven their friends are. And it's kind of like it, I'm not gonna equate it to Friends because it's not it's not that. That's what we first when we first saw it. It's like it was three guys, three girls. We thought it was gonna be the British Friends, but it's definitely not. Oh, definitely not. And 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 they all have such interesting different storylines. Um, especially there's one character, Jeff. Uh, you just pulled him up. I was gonna say yeah. Uh, Jeff. Jeff is the one of the funniest damn characters. Uh, Ever. I was going to say, with Dave saying that, you know, another list is funniest sitcom characters, Jeffrey, Jeff, depending yeah. if his mother is talking to him or not, would be one of the contenders for me because it is one of the best sitcom characters ever, I think, too. I agree with that. And one of the, I mean, one of the best monologues, if I was a guy. <laughs> is it the, is it the, it's uh, called, the it's leg? from, no. Oh, okay. It is from the episode called Inferno. Oh yes, yes, and it's regards to a a film called, uh-huh. <laughs> called Lesbian Spank Inferno, and there's a whole monologue that he does at the end of that episode, after all this craziness has ensued and mistaken identities and everything, that just it, it's hilarious. Mine, I would do the wooden leg. Uh, the wooden leg. Yeah. There, there are several. The, you know how some most. Most sitcoms have some kind of featured, like I remember Designing Women used to have like a- uh, The guy from Mannequin. No. Oh. <laughs> yes. Besatch <but>, Taylor. <laughs> but there would always be some kind of monologue with something funny and yet insightful. And there would always be one monologue, usually by Julia, that that would, would happen. And this is kind of like what happens in, in coupling where there's just this revelation- short or long monologue um, in each episode and my favorite is Inferno but coupling is my number five huh. very nice it's funny that you say that stuff about friends because I've seen every episode of coupling and to me it's total it's totally friends what no, no. I think everything that happens in friends you could directly correlate back to to coupling except for the Jack comedy and da- coupling because Jack that doesn't Davenport. happen on friends Jack Davenport is Ross. Oh, forget. Get, oh, uh, no. This show is yeah. over. No. This show is over. Jeff is the silly guy, right? Yes. He's not Joey. He, he's Joey. Oh, he's not come Joey. on. Yeah, I totally see it all. The one, the, the ditzy brunette is Phoebe. No. Huh. It's funny that you say that. You, I love that show, too. I've seen every episode, but we have the exact opposite 
opinion of its influence on the American version. Correct. <laughs> what the hell was that? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I had to see what my computer was doing. <laughs> Your computer agrees with me too. <laughs> Your com- no. Computer is Windows. It's stupid. Oh. Wasn't there an episode when Jeff went, are you doing? No. There, there was, was not. No. No, there was there not. Was. No, there was not. You just hate, um, what's his name? Apparently you do too. What's Matt LeBlanc? What's, Joey? No. No. What's Ross's name? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, David Schwimmer? David Schwimmer. Yeah, you just hate David Schwimmer that much. Yeah, he's awful. Yeah. He's, he's not awful. But it's the juice. All right. Well, what about you, Matt? I want to hear your rules before okay. you go in. Well, first five. I took cartoons out because that's just like not fair. Because again, The Simpsons being the example. Because ten years of The Simpsons, like I said, you know, perfect. Then there's the other seventeen, eighteen, nineteen so far. Um, Archer's a tough one to put on because that's so recent. Um, South Park. It's is it a? I guess it is a sitcom. And then you got those short little vignettes on. Um, Adult Swim that I used to love, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Sea Lab 2021. So I took cartoons completely out. So then I expanded my rules list. I have to have seen every episode, which is not a difficult thing for a list like this. But then I also have have had to rewatch every episode since they first aired. And I have to be able to watch them again at any time. Mm-hmm. So have I watched these? Have I watched them again? And could I watch them again? And are they not cartoons? Those are kind of the four rules. And... The first two, at least, kind of have a little bit, I wouldn't say a story, but a little something more to them, just watching them. Number five, this is one of the shows, few shows that I actually watched with my parents post moving out of the house. And we're talking years after the house. My parents aren't binge TV watchers, but this show, they would wait till they come down each visit, each, um, their, each, yeah, I guess every year their visit to Orlando. And they would watch these shows with us that we had recorded. And it's a Canadian sitcom. And it's Corner Gas. Mm-hmm. Do you know the show, Dave? Never heard of it. You would appreciate this oh, show. Oh, you would. It's a it's about a small town in Saskatchewan. And it's it's a it's a building that is half gas station. Well, there's a gas station and a diner. And the gas station owner, it's a family-run business. The son is now taking it over. His father is my father, which is the reason we watched it in the first yes. place. This guy's exactly like my father. <laughs> Just as cranky and crotchety and calls everybody stupid. In fact, I'll get, I'll get to that later. The Ruby is this like fancy uptown woman from Toronto who inherited it from her aunt, and she's trying to rebuild it. And their worlds collide, but they're not adversaries at all. They're trying to help each other, but they have completely different ways of just approaching life in general. And it is just, it is, it's always funny. There is not a miss in any of the episodes. And the supporting characters are just as strong as the other characters. There's the best friend, Hank, who's just dumb as hell. Then the two, the two cops, the only cops in the entire town where nothing ever happens that needs police. You have Brett's parents and then his one employee in the gas station, which is, if there is an adversary to anybody, she's everybody's adversary. It's just a great show. It ran for six years, six or seven, six years, I think. We watched every episode at least twice because Christy and I would watch it every week. And then mm-hmm. we'd watch recordings when my parents would get here and I could watch it again anytime. And... After being off the air for almost 
They had a movie. Bet, oh, yeah. They had a movie, which was just as good. And it was crowdfunded. And the oh, yeah. amount of was, people that funded it was amazing. It was insane. Yeah. So it was an entirely Kickstarter-funded movie, just as good as the, as the TV show. And now it's an animated series, which has just started this year. And it's getting a little, taking a little getting used to. It's all the same actors, but the cadence is so different because animation moves so much quicker than their live action did. But I'm enjoying that as well. I think the humor, at least, is just as good as it was. And in fact, I was going back to the father. The father character is still no different from my father because he said one of his hobbies is letting idiots know how idiot, idiots they are to other idiots or something like yeah. that. Whatever the line was, like something like straight out of my father's, like, quote, quote, book of quotes so it's uh-huh. corner gas canadian sitcom one of the best shows ever made in the ever just not in canada but anywhere i think and that's my number five cool that's the thing other thing i like most about this show is that people that are listening to this and me included are going to get suggestions because people are always looking for something new to watch yes like even at work people would be like what are you watching now because i need a new show that kind of thing that's the kind of stuff they're going to get out of probably y'all's list more so than mine. So corner guess. All right. Is there anywhere you can see this now? I don't know. Actually, Canada. I don't think it's streaming anywhere right now. Right. Is it streaming up in Canada? Well, maybe. I'm so what you're asking people to do is move to Canada. Um, I think that's a general show. rule that all of us probably should. <laughs> Ouch. Are you getting political? No. They got a hot prime minister. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're moving up there, that guy. Mm. He is a gorgeous stack of pancakes, that guy. He is. And he wears cute socks. Oh, for God's sakes. All right. Well, my number four, my, I want to say late 80s self would punch my current self in the face let me just jump in here dave to answer your question crave tv.ca which seems to be uh obviously a canadian site but a streaming site is has all the seasons of corner gas if anyone's interested before diving into any kind of dvd purchases good crave tv.ca excellent info we should probably all do that from now on with our list to <laughs> show people where to where to find them shit like okay. a bibliography i gotta make, at I gotta the make some notes Nah. No, I'm just kidding. So my number four, like I was saying, my my 1980s, late 80s self would be very upset that this drops to number four. But it's only because I think there's been a, so much good television in our lifetimes. And uh, my number four, everyone knows it. And I've seen it. It's one of the shows that's on Netflix where if I can't decide what to watch, it just goes on. And it's on a loop. And I'll finish it, and I'll start it over again. And I'll finish it, and I'll start it over again. It's always there for you. It's always a comfort. (laughs) Does it always know your name? It always knows your name. (laughs) (laughs) And it is Cheers. And I I think when as I watch it now as a person who works in a bar, it actually has become even different for me because – I see some of these things going on in real life almost sometimes. Get out of here. (laughs) The place that I work. No, I'm serious. And I go, no, I want you to get out of here. (laughs) Al's the best character ever. (laughs) I'm sure he's long dead. Oh, he died during the run. Because I do want to do, we talked about this. And uh, sorry to interrupt you, Dave. 
but we we talked about doing this for Patreon, doing one-off in-character series, and I want to do Cheers in Character featuring Al because he's probably the best character to talk about. And I looked him up, and he did die during filming the show. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. They would have had him there at the end. Yeah. Well, it's like I said. It's always it's it's like a people have their comfort foods. This is a comfort zone for me, and if I don't know what to do, it's like I'll just pop that on. I don't need to think long about it because. Like I said, working in a bar now, when I see these people that I see every week, these relationships start to develop. And I just started over with Cheers again recently. I finished it and started over again. And when you watch it at the beginning, it's different. And the relationships evolve over the years. Because where I am now, um, Cliff and Norm don't even sit near each other at not, the bar. They don't even sit on that side of the bar. No, not even. Is that where you think of, think, think of them, when you, or where you picture them when you think of them. Exactly. Cliff's got his back to the door and Norm's in his normal spot. They're nowhere near each other. Right. They're acquaintances, but they're not dear friends nope. like they end up being. They're not and that the Laurel and Hardy characters that they end up being by the time the thing is over. Exactly. And that's the kind of stuff that makes a show like that great is that even though each episode is kind of the same thing and, and it kind of always ends up in the bar and, and a lot of the same kind of jokes, the writing in that show is top notch. There's almost none better. And the direction of the show, almost none better. And as that show evolves, you really do fall in love with these people. You feel like you know them, and that's what any good show will do. You feel like you feel like you're. I mean, it sounds pathetic to say, but you feel like they're your friends too. And I love the. And I'll even ask you guys. Like, I love the debates that happen with shows like they like this. You can ask somebody that's a cheers friend. Are you a coach guy? Or are you a Woody guy? And you're not going wrong with either. Yeah, because they're both wonderful in their own ways. Even though Woody is sort of a younger coach, coach yeah. but but I I mean it, it depends. Are you are you a Diane or are you a Rebecca mm, guy? Like, yeah. and we Chris Chrissy and I talked about this on the Star Trek Two Grady's episode that we did. That I think uh, Kirstie Alley had one of the hardest jobs in show business history in taking over when she left, and I I kind of think it got a little better even. I because I know yeah I, I agree I I, yeah. I I think the whole yeah the whole thing. I mean, the none of the real casting changes were like vindictive. They didn't push anyone out. I mean, what's his name? Nicholas uh, Calasanto unfortunately passed away. Shelley Long decided to leave. They didn't push her out and replace her with Rebecca, which I think helps the show because you're writing a new character to enhance the show rather than just explain an abrupt ending or you know stick it to the old actors or characters. That stuff is put away, and you can just continue and try to make the show better. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, and and that show is enriched by anyone that was able to be a part of it. And um, Harry Anderson just died, so oh, yeah, immediately yeah. I start scouring through the Harry, Harry the Hat. Hat episodes, and they're always great. It it doesn't matter what it is; they found a way to roll with the punches through the end of one decade and into another, and always put out the highest quality television that you could ever ask for. I think the only ones that the only ones that you ever kind of feel like eh, it wasn't as great are when they aren't in the bar. There are times that they certainly go out of the bar. They'll go to someone's home or, or, or whatever's going on. But when they're in that set, and because every show, every one of those shows, and Christy, you're a theater person, every one of those shows 
is a play. Oh yeah. There, there. It's it's always that's the first thing you see is the cheer sign. Cheers was filmed in front of a live studio audience. They're waiting for laughs to be done to deliver their lines, mm-hmm. because that's how good they are. That's how good the writing is, and that set is an amazing set. They don't make television shows like this anymore. Nope. That set is enormous. Mm-hmm. And it even continues into that back room where the pool table is. That's all one set. That's not like a separate set. When you see them walking down the that hallway, you can see the bar in the background and vice versa. All that stuff makes the show better. Each time I watch it, I, I see things that I didn't see the time before. And I'm always delighted by everything. And I think Ted Danson is the anchor that holds it all together because there are certainly times that he's getting laughs, but he is often the straight man for everybody. And he's so good at it. And I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, And then the addition of Kelsey Grammer was just another, I don't know, inspired moment that whether they saw something in him Mm -hmm. or just that the plot was going there, but the, the addition of him enriches the show. Everything they did seemed to be right. And I don't know how a show like that does something like that. Everybody makes a mistake or, or the, you know, there's a bad plot line that never happened with that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right. I can't think of any character that came in, didn't work and they escorted him out. They always seem to stick around. Or if it was just a character for a, a story arc, he came and went properly. It wasn't rushed out or rewritten necessarily. I have to take exception with that. Jay Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was actually Jay, thinking as I said that. Jay Thomas pissed uh, Rhea Perlman off. Yeah, and then he got bye bye killed off. So, all right. There's an exa- the one example that we know. But, about. There, but the rest, the amount of people that went in and out of that show, I mean, went in that show, uh, one person yeah, ended right, up not yeah. being liked. The rest, I mean. Yeah. And he was still funny. The, for the parts that he was on and the way they killed him made it even yeah, funnier. Funny, yeah. I think one yeah, of those. Go ahead, man. No, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's just one of those things where, like, and I know you probably feel this way too. As I'm watching it, because there's so many episodes about, I don't know, I want to say two or three minutes into it after they get through the, the prologue, which is always just, it's just a joke. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with what you're about to see generally. Uh, it's a setup punchline kind of standard joke, which I don't think a lot of people can write anymore. This is an old fashioned style of writing. Once it gets into the regular episode and you realize which one it is, this is one of those things where you get excited and yeah. you go, Oh, th- this is, this is a Nick Tortelli one. You know, like you, you, you get excited cause you know, Dan Hedaya is going to come on and slay. <laughs> and that's the kind of, it's, that's why probably I watch it over and over and over again. He's, he's the I'll, best when he's street performing at a payphone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be within range of him and also unlucky enough to be within range of him. Because yeah. <laughs> he looked like he was going to murder someone. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been there. I've been to Cheers in Boston. And it's one of those things where you're outside and you, you see the steps and you see everything and you have goose. You know, your goosebumps all over your entire body. It's one of those things like my heart started pounding. Oh, my God, I am standing right here. And then you go inside and it all gets ruined. <laughs> yeah, because it's, yeah. it's a different looks like it. Yeah. But it's it's still one of those things where if you're from the Northeast and you love that show, if you go there, it's a touristy and kind of stupid thing to do. But, of course, you do it. 
So, yeah, I mean, I could sit here and talk about Cheers forever, and I will stop because it's, it's you know, it's going to get obscene at some point about how much I'll talk about Cheers, but that's my number four. I think one of the best examples of the writing, directing, and acting all coming together perfectly, it's pretty early on. It's towards the tail end of Diane's run, and it's before Coach died. I don't. It's. I think this joke because the joke is so well written and so well told. It's one of those things that the audience didn't laugh to like about like like a quarter second after he told the joke because they realized it was a joke. It's when Sam is drinking again. Coach goes to Diane's apartment. He knocks on the door, and she's like, "Who is it?" And he's like, "Ernie Pantusa." And she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Coach. I just I'm not ready to see anyone now." So they knocks again, and she goes, "Who is it?" And he goes, "Western Union." And then he he comes in, they hug, they say hello, they kiss. So there's a little bit of time forgotten for what just happened. We're just talking a second or two here. And then he goes, I'm sorry I had to trick you like that, Diane. And the audience realizes <laughs> what he's saying after the, like just a beat after the joke. It's so well done. Yeah. He's so sincere. Yep. <laughs> and that's one of those things. And I, and I, and I was even going to say something with Scrubs. I think the way they end the show is just as important as everything else. The Scrubs finale is legendary. Um, I, I can't sit through it without dying. <laughs> and the Cheers finale is, I think I've seen it on many lists as the all-time greatest finale of any show. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't have any complaints with that. I don't, the ending, the the last line sometimes makes, I'm wondering what exactly he was saying, but it doesn't, I mean, that's overthinking it. Yeah. It's it's just the the whole the the scene that it's him and Norm are the last two in the bar, yeah. and he Sam is having this midlife not midlife but life crisis about what is really important to him and and what he's going to do with the rest of his life, and he realizes in that moment that he's doing what he should be doing, mm-hmm. and that is what's most important to him, and he says, "I'm the luckiest son of a bitch alive," and and or on the face of the earth, and when he says we're closed, yeah. I think he just means for the day because you know that they're going to be open again tomorrow and he straightens the picture yeah. and he walks out. And and then watching it on Netflix is great because of the streaming and and the way it is. That show ends with him after he straightens the picture walking into that back room into the dark. Mm. If you start it over again and watch the very first episode of Cheers, it starts with him walking oh, out wow. of that room <laughs> and straightening a picture on the wall. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that. So he does exactly the same thing at the very last moment and the right. very first moment of the show. Yeah, it's okay. great. And that means those people cared about what they were putting right. out there. And you could always tell that because of the way they treated their characters and their audience. So cheers is number four. How the hell long are you going to talk about your number one? <laughs> <laughs> Christy, what's your number four? Make my, it short. My number four was new heart. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Newhart's great. Peter Scullery. I love no. I love Bob Newhart. I used to um, I used to watch the Bob Newhart show with my grandparents. That was like one of the, that and Mash. We were those are the two things we always had to watch. And um, so I got really kind of into, especially like the the one patient, the depressed patient all the time, the regular, the kind of droopy face guy that would come in. Was so never you're talking heard. about the the Bob Newhart show? Not yeah, Newhart. no, no, no. I'm talking about Newhart, but I watched oh, Bob Newhart. You're talking with about my, the handyman? 
No, 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 Tom no. Tom Post, possibly. No, the, on, that one too. But I uh, originally I loved the Bob Newhart show for when he was a psychiatrist and he had those mm-hmm. characters. Then when Newhart started, I got into it with Larry and Daryl and Daryl, mm-hmm. and it still had really good, strong characters. And the and the you know some people didn't like the way it ended, um, but I thought it was quite appropriate <laughs> having watched the original. Um, do you it's remember? Great. I, I mean, the, just the way that it ended, it all kind of brought it all full circle, you know. Um, yeah. And and I just have some really really fond memories, and I could pretty much watch it. I wish I wish I could watch it more often, um, you know, because it it just it it was one of those things that I could pick up and watch at any time. Yeah, they, and that's another one where they did they did such great stuff with the characters, like you said, Pierce Scolari and Julia Duffy. Mm. Everybody was funny. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just look at me, I'm funny. He was uh, generous with the laughs, he and was, everybody he, got him. He just was pretty much the straight man. Yeah, for everything, and and that's that's been his comedy since the beginning, but. Um, when he did get to feature it in in different sitcoms, that was that was the best. His deadpan just had me. Yeah, nobody can do that like him. No, nope. That's my number four, Newhart. Excellent. All right, Matt, number four. Okay, my number four. Now I have watched all the episodes, and I have watched them all again. I will say, unlike Corner Gas and some of the other left on my list, not, they're not all perfect. There's some misses in it. They still there's at least a laugh in it, but um, there's some episodes and seasons that are stronger than the others. But if it this show has given me a lot in opportunity, it's was featured heavily in the very early years of News as I've gotten the very fortunate opportunity to meet not only the three stars of the show face to face, spend some time with them, talk with them. Had them actually ask me questions about some works I brought to them um, for their autographs. I also have spoken to four of the cast members. No, five, five of the cast members. I'm sorry. On the podcast, interacted with one online, and it's there's no denying that it's been an important show to things I've done a big part of a very big part of my life, and it's a very good show on top of it. And that, of course, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm talking about Trailer Park Boys. Nice. It's and Trailer Pod Boys is still available at neozes.com, right? Yep, yep, and all the interviews and everything. And um, the very first interview I had ever conducted at Neozes, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's not the very first one. I think Tim probably did the first with the ones on Star Wars and Character, but the very first one I ever did was with the three stars with Rob Wells, Mike Smith, and uh, oh my god, I thought his name, uh, oh. Tom Paul Trombley. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to call him Julian. That's his character's name. So my very first interview was with the three stars of a show that we were doing a fan cast about. So that was a pretty big deal. And then I got to meet them a few months later. And then I've talked to Phil Collins. Uh, not the Phil Collins. The, the actor Phil Collins. Yes. Sam Blasco. Bernard Rebuchaud. Lucy Decatur. Sarah Dunsworth. Talked to Corey Bowles online. So it's it's been... it's. Yeah, it's been an amazing... It opened up a lot of amazing opportunities and really made doing a fan 
based podcast something special. And it's a lot of what Nia's has done, a lot of what I've learned in everything from recording to editing to putting everything online to making these contacting people for interviews and, and even cutting my teeth with that interview was all started for me pretty much with that series. And I wouldn't have done that podcast if I didn't enjoy the series, which I do love. If anyone that doesn't know what that, that show is, which if you're listening to this, you probably know most of what we do on news as, but if you don't, it's a mockumentary comedy about these guys in a trailer park that are just, they're, they're not good people, but they're not harmful people either. They're just trying to make a living, usually not in any honest manner. And they are our extreme characters, uh, caricatures of just that type of, of ne'er-do-well. They don't want to hurt anybody, but they also don't really want to, <laughs> to you know, work for an honest living either. And it's set place, obviously, in a trailer park, and they have their adversaries in the trailer park. Everything pretty much is is 90% in the trailer park. They do a little outside stuff to get the story going, but it's it's a, it's just a, it was when I saw it at the first time I thought it was an original show one of the funniest shows I ever saw, and I still think that and it's still going. It was off for a while. It was a Canadian sitcom it was off of broadcast and cable TV for a while, but thanks to Netflix now it's been back its run is about to, I think, in the next season. Not the next season, the season after. They'll be on Netflix as long as they've been on Canadian television. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that pops up on Netflix all the time. Like, you like this, you'll probably like this. Yep. It's on everywhere on Netflix. Yes. Yep. It's probably bigger now than it was when it was in Canada. Huh. Yeah, the fact that you guys were doing trailer pod boys when that was on and nobody else had really a show about it that those guys would come on your show for anyone that was a a fan of them your show was an outlet right yeah so yeah and it's really one of the the stepping stones of neo's ass yep absolutely very cool all right a lot shorter than talking about cheers (laughs) (laughs) just kidding sorry i'll Uh, keep this one brief (laughs) Uh, Number three, if I'm not watching Cheers when I can't think of anything <laughs> to watch, <laughs> just got to get Cheers in there one more time. Uh, and I don't feel like watching Cheers for some reason, which is never. But if maybe it comes on before Cheers as you're scrolling along. The other one that is my go to is The Office. And I mean the U.S. version of The Office. I like the the Britcom office as well. But uh it is the U.S. office, and it's one of those things where when it's over, I start it over again. And I know a lot of people are with the office to a certain point, and maybe they bailed a little on the end, maybe after Steve Carell left. And and I do definitely think it took a, a, a turn, and I'm not going to say for the worse. It just changed after he left. But I still think what they were able to do is the people that made up that great ensemble cast as that show evolved they gave them way more to do so when Steve Carell left people like Oscar Nunez and and the other great ensemble cast members got more meat to deal with Um, Creed Bratton you know like some of these people I don't know where they found these people Um, but I love them it's another thing where you feel endeared to these people that you don't know not only do you not know them they're not even real but you feel like they're real because if you've worked anywhere like this, you know people like this. And it's 
their relationships. And I do like this, and Matt mentioned it with Trailer Park Boys. I like this kind of mockumentary style of interview comedy. And I really, a lot of my comedy stylings I've noticed in reading the, my list, and in fact, my top three, I think I really enjoy uncomfortable comedy. <laughs> and there is a lot of that in the office. There are a lot of cringeworthy, uncomfortable moments because you put yourself in their place and you, you don't want to be there, but you can't not be entertained and be laughing at what's going on. So I think that that part of the office is one thing that really attracted me to it. And uh, it, it's another thing that I'll just love till the day I die. And another one that I had a hard time keeping it together when it was over because you just you love the people and uh, the office is my number three office didn't make my list because of my rules of i've not seen every episode i think it's like the last two years or so and it's what you said like kind of when steve carell bailed in fact i think when dunder mifflin was no longer a thing is kind of when i stopped watching that whole back and forth with uh, yeah. what's her name the, the woman from uh Misery. Horror story. Yeah, misery. Yeah, that, that's what I kind of stopped watching. So, but yeah. before that, I mean, it's kind of like again, The Simpsons. The first years of that, say that first five, six years of that, gold. Nothing wrong with it. But since those last years didn't hold up, I, I didn't consider it for my list. That's again, that's that's my opinion and the rules I set out for myself on this. Yeah, when it became saber, you were yeah <laughs> not, not as interested. Right. Yeah, I just I think I just feel like at that point I. Uh, I was so invested in these people's big lives <laughs> that him leaving was very sad. And the way they had him leave was great that he left and and went to the airport and Pam followed him. And they had this moment in the background of, of the shot and you don't get to hear what they say to each other. And I think they did things like that very well on The Office too. Other shows would have had them have this poignant and tearful goodbye. They're in the background of a shot talking to each other and he because he disconnects his mic. At that point, he's not a, a part of the documentary anymore mm-hmm. and he takes his mic off. And little touches like that I always appreciated about the show that they they took something that – I mean all these shows, like, like a lot of shows do this with the it, – it's cameras following people intertwined with them being interviewed on camera. They made that more real to me than other shows do. And I don't know if it was the writing or the acting, because I think everybody on there not only pulled their weight, but it, it, like I said, it, it's one of the best ensemble casts I've ever seen. Mm. So, I think, yeah. I think the depth of each of their characters, I think they had fleshed them out at least to themselves enough. Yeah. That every time you would get a little bit of scratch of the surface, of, like about Creed. You know, different things that would be offhandedly said, and you'd think about it going, wait, did he just say? <laughs> did he just say he murdered somebody? He murdered someone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is one of, the best, one of the best ones when they're doing the murder mystery game. <laughs> and uh, and Creed comes in late because he's Creed. And Michael's doing his southern voice, and he's like, there's been a murder. <laughs> and Creed goes, I see. I got you. I'll be right back. And the next thing you see, you next see out the window, him running to his car. Because he probably murdered somebody. Yep. It's little things like that that made the little nuances that made that show so deep. 
Yeah, and it's I guess one of the things that I do when I made this list, I, I think about like I like bar trivia, and I'll go to these bar trivia nights where there there'll be a theme. I feel like I could kill everybody at the office. And you cheers. probably could. And the, and the other things I made list, like I could sit here and give you office facts about everything. I could get, I could talk for for forty five minutes just about Creed. I bet you could. You want me to? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Little side note though, Creed Bratton. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a good song, go on iTunes and, and download Creed Bratton's song. Oh, it's called uh, Spinning and Reeling. It's actually one of the songs that they play on the office during one of the office parties. There's a song playing in the background. It's him. Oh, he had a pop band in the 80s. Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. It's a great song, Spinning and Reeling. But yeah, no, that's fishing. one of those kind of. Th- no, it's not oh. about fishing. Okay. It's a love song. It's a love song. You guys should. Play it and look deep into each other's eyes. And then sing the baby metal tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things like, don't don't mess with me with office trivia. Don't mess with me at Cheers. Don't mess with me with my other ones. Okay. But that's my number three. All right. I was what planning you, to mess with you, but now I'm not. Um, don't. My number three, it's it's in along the lines of the 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 mockumentary style. And I did love it, and I still love it. And and part of it is because I loved the state um, on MTV, but it would be Reno 911. Ooh, that's a good one. That was so absurd. And Charlie Day? Mm-hmm. That's episode. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dory met his wife. Yep. And and uh, Thomas Lennon, I, I that whole cast. Niecy Nash. Cracks my ass up so bad, <laughs> mm. especially in the fact that her butt's not real um, in that show. <laughs> um, but just the the situations that they got into, and all of the really big improv superstars were on it at some point in some like little way uh, because they would make stuff up. Yeah, I mean, some of it was scripted, and there was a general plan, but they. They use their improv skills, and that just was hilarious to watch. Um, so my three, Reno nine one one, and the movie kind of was okay. <laughs> I like the movie. Paul Rudd. True. I think he did a good job. <laughs> what was I that show that, that, out, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> that Thomas Lennon did with the? Uh, I forget her name. Um, it was a. It was like a game show. It was on Comedy Central. Oh, uh, a Viva, Viva Variety. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That was the first time I ever saw him. It's like this guy's got something going on. <laughs> yeah, he was on the state too. Was that three hundred dollars for the pudding? Yep. Him and uh, yep. Michael Ian Black. Right? Yep. Where we get three hundred dollars worth of pudding? Shh. <laughs> Never you mind. Never you mind. <laughs> good choice. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. Does a good job. <laughs> I think it did a good job. What's your number three, Matt? Okay. Now, I want to say that number one, two, and three are pretty much a tie. And I'm just, I had to order them kind of in an order of what they personally meant to me in a way. Although that might sound a little more extreme than what's actually going to happen. But there's no way for me to decide which went one, two, or three, and I just thought about, well, why are they all three on my list? And because of those reasons, I ended up putting them in this order. So number three, the best 
ensemble character in my high school and college years. And it's one of those shows that even though it's its entire run, actually, I don't think it started when I was in high school, but its uh, it was on when I was in college. It was on when I lived in Puerto Rico, and it was on when I moved to Florida. And its I still managed to watch almost every show as it aired. I missed a couple in there, but it was such a good show that I managed to watch it in situations that my time was limited, my resources were limited, but I still watched it. And it's one of those things that you came back to wherever you, I was whether it was class, whether it was work, the next morning, and there was someone you were going to talk about it with, maybe more than one person. And I don't think it's going to be any surprise that that Dave is going to agree that this deserves to be on every top five list that has to do with television, and it is Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Christy, what do you think? Not on my She's list. not a fan of Seinfeld. Not on my list. Oh, my God. At all. Not at all. One of the most. I'm oh, sorry, good. Is it him, or is it you? Just don't like the show itself. Like, I just ooh. don't find any of them likable. Well, yeah, they're all. Well, awful. I know yeah. they're awful people, but for some reason, I just I find them whiny and somewhat annoying. <laughs> I just I don't know why I could not get it. And it doesn't mean I didn't watch it because it was on and everybody watched it, so I felt like I had to watch it. But I, I didn't get the fulfillment that that you guys do out of it. It did not appeal to me particularly. All right, what I'll a- take this into consideration the next time you're slamming something <laughs> that I know is good, like Rocky or something like that, and you're just oh, like, oh. If- yeah. If you feel like it's important in your little heart there, Dave, you do that. Any Anytime you get condescending, you become North Dakotan. I do. <laughs> there, uh, the, the best recent reference I've seen to it has been Mr. Robot. Have you ever watched that show, Dave? No. Okay, first season of Mr. Robot. This guy's a computer hacker, like, on a level that the world is like never seen and his brain just does not work like normal people. Everything he perceives is in a completely different way than we would, would the way we understand it. And it's not that he understands it better. It's just different. One of the few grips he had to normal life was the lunch he had every day with his friend. His friend is like, like us. He's not a computer hacker. He's just an average guy in the first season of, Mr. Robot, his friend had just gotten into Seinfeld, and every time they would sit and have lunch, he would try to describe an episode to him. And the second he would say the first sentence, I'd be like, it's this episode. It's that episode. It's like I would know right away exactly what this guy was talking about. <laughs> He's like, That's he funny. kept walking around. All he did the whole episode was just walk around this parking lot. I'm like, I know that episode. <laughs> yep. All right, well, you got to get Christy on. You got to get Christy I on. I tried. Board. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Don't. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's top two then, right? We're yep. up to top two. Mm-hmm. All right. This is such a hard decision. I mean, everything on here is great, so you're not going wrong with anything. But my number two is something that I watch a lot, and I would say even more than these other things. And it was on Netflix, now on Hulu. So if you don't have Hulu, it's worth getting just to get the show at your fingertips whenever you want it. And the show is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I can't think of anything that has taken over my life as much than probably my number one uh, recently, especially within the last couple of years than this show. Uh, it doesn't matter how many times I see certain ones. It's like you're seeing it the first time. And this is another show where you really kind of do have to invest some time because if you just are a pedestrian watcher, you're going to hate these people because they're probably the worst people ever. But if you invest the time, not only do you not hate them, you adore them. <laughs> I don't know about that. I do. I love this show, too. The only reason it's not on my list is it because I've not seen every episode of it again since it's airing. But I have seen every episode of it so far. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, and I guess adore, maybe adore is a stretch except for Charlie. I don't know how you can't adore Charlie. Yes, that's true. Because as as despicable as they are, he he doesn't have a mean bone in his body, really. I mean, maybe a little, but not like the others. Dennis is probably the worst. Oh yeah, he, he's, he is, he's not much better. She's not much better. Frank, the the <laughs> way the the the. The evolution of Frank Reynolds, yes, from season two on, because he's not in the first season, uh, is an interesting character study. If you're going to watch something, watch him in some of those first ones in season two. He's pretty normal. He's he's a little strange, but he's disappointed in his children, and he's he, he's a normal person. In fact, I was watching one. Yes, I watch it every day. This is, I mean, that's one of the things I was gonna say. If I don't go through a day and watch an episode, I think I, I get the shakes. Like I have to watch it <laughs> at least once before I go to bed. I could get home from work at two in the morning. I I can't go to bed unless I watch an episode. And I was watching one the other day, and he was. Um, angry because all they do is sit around and at the bar this is all you do you sit around here and drink all day i'm bored we gotta do something to to where he is at the end of the run although it's not technically over but you know from where they are now his his uh i don't want to say evolution because it's not that is remarkable and he deserves a lot of credit for that um you want to do yourself a favor watch the bloopers from every season of this because I don't know how they ever got any work done on that show. <laughs> They're just friends that crack each other up and it's fun to watch the show, especially when you see the bloopers and you can see how much they do break because it's a lot. And it's usually Mac. No, he's really? the one that he breaks the most. <laughs> I think of all of them, he's, he's the worst actor. Not that he's a bad actor, but of all of them, he breaks the most. And I think that D breaks the least. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. But but it's funny to watch the bloopers just to see how much they do make each other laugh and then watch the actual shows and you can watch just when they're about to break and he'll start smiling and they cut. There's so many cuts in that show <laughs> because they can't keep it together. Um, this is another show I could go on and on and on about. Um, I really think this deserves its own series on Neo's as Well, what's stopping you? I know. I, you gotta I, record and edit. I do. Copy paste print. Welcome to it. The it's always sunny in Philadelphia in character is so easy to do because there's so many great <laughs> we, there's so many great characters. That's another one like, we talked about doing the one off for Patreon, yeah. We were talking about doing Roddy Roddy Piper's character. <laughs> Dumb maniac. Yeah. You guys, you reminded me of my kids. Oh, you have kids? No. Not anymore. 
What does that mean? <laughs> Why does he have a bucket of chestnuts? <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I, I can't even describe how much I love that show, and how much it means to me, and how much I say things daily. Um, you want to do yourself a favor if you're a fan of the show and you watch it, and you're a fan, you, you recognize things that come up a lot. Um, decide when you watch the beginning of a show who's going to say the word pop first okay who's who's going to say the word blast first and who is going to be the first person when they walk into the room to go hey <laughs> because all three of them will happen on almost every episode and i, I think it's just one of the they do when they when they they get in a groove and you'll decide um dennis is going to pop and then charlie will pop you know like damn it it was charlie you know like <laughs> They say things over and over and over again. And and Mac usually is the one that will say blast. He says blast in the ass a lot. Oh, God. That's true. Yes. <laughs> it's just a lot of little things you can do with that show that always make it fun. And uh, just the side of the fact of how insanely talented Charlie Charlie Day is, uh, even musically. Just, just what he can do musically. <laughs> Day, man. <laughs> I but I wanted to for a while. I'm just too lazy to make because there's there is a soundtrack for that show. It's the it's the orchestral music. Mm. I want to make a soundtrack soundtrack from the two musicals that they do. Oh God! Because a lot of shows do musicals. Like Scrubs did a really good musical. A lot of shows try the musical and it fails. There is the Nightman Cometh, and there is from the last season the Gang Turns Black. Which, if you haven't seen that, like if you petered out. The Gang Turns Black is legendary. I think I've seen that. It sounds familiar. And Charlie Day writes all that stuff. I want to I wanna make a soundtrack just like ripping stuff off of YouTube of all the songs. Because they sing a lot. Uh, I, I love it. And uh, I, I guess I'll just stop talking because I really... This, this show will be like hours and hours <laughs> long. So. I was such a two. I was such a big fan of that show that I entered a video contest and I to be on and the and winning prize was to go out to the set for the day and have a cameo on the show and I got in the finals. I remember that. Right? That was I did a parody of their terrorist videotape that they made to scare their neighbor. Yeah. The gang goes jihad. Yeah, yeah, and I did a it was a it was a mashup of that and Ask a Ninja, which was hot at the time, and I called it Ask a Jihad, and it was a it was like a. Not even a minute. It had to no. be really short. I that's one of the that was one of those things where I didn't put a lot of time into the script. I went with what was all, what, what came funny off the top of my head. We shot it in my living room. I had to edit it. The editing is probably what made it funny. I think it's one of the best things I ever put together on video, and it was for you know like it was just on a whim, and I got in the damn finals with it. That's awesome. You still have it. Uh, somewhere I don't know where, but uh, yeah, yes, I just don't know where. And uh, if I find it, I will post it. But I doubt that. Did I'll you find it. did you include other things that you had recorded and taped over? Because as anytime they make a videotape, no, you always I didn't get do that. No, you always get snippets of like the other things that they had done in previous episodes. Like, um, you ever watch the one with like the fight milk commercial? Yes, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the thing. There's a clip because they didn't tape over the whole thing. It's the one um, the gang sits the the gang sits the on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's at the end of it. It's like they they just use the same tape over and over again. Right. <laughs> I I, I want to see that again. I remember yeah. when you did that. Oh, yeah, I did to find that. Yeah, that was 
I, I peaked. I peaked early. It's all been you done. And, I, and I bought you a Patty's Pub t-shirt. You did, yes. And I and they sent me a Patty's Pub t-shirt as a runner-up prize. It was medium. Nice. I was like, I don't know what the hell I do with this, but thank you. Now, I've been to the real Patty's Pub in Philadelphia, and it is a dive. There are two places that you can go if you come to the city and you're a fan. Um, the real one is called Patty's Pub, and I met the real Frank. Oh, right. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. Yeah, and he insulted us the second we walked in. He called <laughs> us assholes. Look at these assholes as soon as we walked in. Right. Um, now, there's another place in Philadelphia called Max Place, and it's oh, a place yeah. that uh, uh, Rob McElerney and uh, Caitlin Olson own, and he did a full recreation of the set from the show. Mm. I've not been there. It's certainly on the list of things to do. Jabronis. <laughs> That's the other thing. Mac, you want to add something to your bed? How, how, how long will it take Mac to call somebody a bozo? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, number two. Number second two. greatest show ever. Second longest conversation tonight. <laughs> Just this is, I'm editing myself. Oh, trust me. Okay. <laughs> Christy, what's your number two? I'll be brief as well on this. Uh, number two is one that I found inspiring, especially on uh, all through high school. And being in the South, it is very, very, very much quoted. It would be designing women. Ugh. I mean, oh. Well, I mean, it didn't mean as much for you, for guys. Right. But for... That for, is correct. For fem- people of the female persuasion... Um, and and gay men, because I do know a lot of gay friends who will quote designing women and Golden Girls. Um, Ugh. that that just you know <laughs> some of some of those like I was talking about the, the the monologues that would just go on. They were it was written by Linda Bloodworth Thomason, and she also wrote Murphy Brown. Um. And just for for my age and and you know going to an all women's college and different things, it, it was a, it was an important sitcom for me. And and there were just some yeah you go girl moments. Um, so my number two, designing women. Yeah, that's a that's not something that I think a lot of teenage boys watch. No. Did you ever watch that, Matt? I've seen some of it, but not, I doubt the whole run. I don't even know how long it was on. Let's see. I'm looking now. Looks like oh, I was on for seven. No, I did not see this whole run. It's on for seven years. I just remember Misa Taylor <laughs> was in Mannequin. Yes. That's all I know. Yes. But I don't know anything else. Wasn't that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Annie Potts. Ghost, Annie Potts. Yeah, oh, she's funny. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At Delta Burke. Yes. Yep. Mrs. Gerald McRaney. Yep, that's right. Yeah. All right, Matt, what's your number two? Okay, so it'd be impossible to put this list together without some kind of Britcom on it. And that's another tough list, but um, naturally I would think Monty Python would be on here, but I don't consider that a sitcom. I consider that sketch comedy. That's the same reason SCTV is not on this list. Yeah, or Saturday Night Live, yeah. But there's one undeniable sitcom from... England that just hits all the marks for me. One comedy, two sci-fi. It's got a robot. It's got it's got spaceships. It's got a 
life form that evolved from a cat. It's it's but it is my favorite sit a uh, Britcom, and it's also a very good sci-fi show because they as much as time as they put into the jokes, they put as much time into making sure the science isn't complete just nonsense. I mean it it is, but they'll take the time to explain what it is and maybe even why it's nonsense, which actually ends up being just as funny as a comedy. And I'm talking about Red Dwarf. Never seen it. Really? That surprises nope. me. I'm not sure if you'd like it or not, other than being a Britcom, but it's great. It's another one of those shows that is like, it's kind of come and gone. It had its first two seasons. It had a very definitive first two seasons. When that show, that last episode of season two ended, the show was over. It's like, you had no question what where it was going, because you kind of saw the end without seeing the end. Because that was a point of that run of those episodes. You were seeing it was it started off um, seeing some glimpses of the future. Then, because of the the fan the rabbit fan base for it, it came back for three and four and five and six, seven and eight. I think eight is about when it stopped, and it came back for a three kind of a nostalgic special. Not a nostalgic. It wasn't like a best of show. It's just like hey, we like Red Dwarf. We want to see it again. It did a three episode run. And the ball got rolling again, and now it's not a Netflix thing, but it's it's a Dave series. There's a channel, a uh, digital, um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, a cable channel, however, whatever you want to call it, a digital channel in England called Dave. They've picked it up the way the way Netflix picks up many series that have come and gone. They've picked it up now, and I think it's just as good as it was when it first started with the last couple seasons they put together. And it's the same actors... Same one of the same writers. It used to be a pair of writers that started, but now it's on the one guy. But he's writing with his son. Comedy's good. The acting is great. The effects have gotten better. And one thing that I absolutely love about this show—it's so subtle. It has nothing to do with the story. Like it doesn't have to be. They don't have to do this, but they do it anyway. And I really respect that they managed to do it for over thirty years now. It's selling its, thir- its thirtieth anniversary, celebrating its thirtieth anniversary. Nothing in... They are six million years into the future. Okay. And nothing that they have run into in space is alien. It's all things left over from Earth that have been sent out in space or part of their space program. They have yet to meet an alien. They meet different life forms, but they've been engineered by Earth. Not a single thing that they run into has been alien, and that's a really difficult thing for the stories they want to tell to not just say, oh, it's alien and have no explanation. And I really respect that they've managed to keep that... Simple idea. It's not necessary, but they're sticking with it for all the runs of those series. <laughs> you a fan, Christy? Uh, it's one of the reasons we did, started dating. Yes. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Our second date was when I brought over, because before the internet age, when you could get anything from it, just about anywhere, anytime you want, I would get these like bootleg videotapes from these dealers like mail order i didn't even get you couldn't even get them on like maybe at best bbs boards if you even remember what those are but i was like, like you'd go to a convention and you'd pick up this flyer and you'd fill out the card and send it and they'd send you a catalog of what they have bootlegged then i got the all everything i could get my hands on red dwarf that was bootlegged and i had their bloopers two blooper videotapes and christy had never seen them but she'd seen all the run of red dwarf so our second date was me bringing those videotapes over to her house and we watched them mm-hmm and we, you were a smooth operator. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> was, but it was so funny because like we we talked a lot on the phone, you know, like you do when you first start dating, and 
I don't know how it came up. We were just like, oh, hey, I watched this show. Oh, Red Dwarf? Because <laughs> he was, you brought it up, didn't you? Probably, yeah. And then I said, oh, Red Dwarf? And you were like, you you know this show? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I watch it on PBS all the time. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. See, this this show is taking a turn for the romantic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe not. <laughs> That's my number two. <laughs> All right. This is it. Number one, the greatest television show ever made. Greatest TV sitcom ever made. Excuse me. In your opinion. Sorry. I'm just assuming what music is going to be put in here. I thought you were going to do uh, Sanford. You were doing a little Sanford. Oh, no, for no. A second. Yeah, yeah. It did sound like that, right? <laughs> That's a good show, too. <laughs> it oh, is. Mention. But it's not number one. And, uh, of course, number one. There's only one number one. And uh, for you. so much so for you. Thank you for qualifying that. So much so that uh, we have a whole show on newsas.com that I'm proud to do with my son called Seinfeld in character in the vein of Star Wars in character. And for that reason, I'm not going to go on and on and on about Seinfeld because if you want to hear some grown man go on and on and on about Seinfeld, you can go on neosas.com and download some of our episodes because it is the greatest television show ever made by two of the funniest people ever ever. made. (laughs) ever to walk the planet earth and uh it's the kind of thing where it's so entrenched in my life and subconscious that i think i say things all day every day that are from that whether i want to or not and the funny part is that when you say it people know exactly what you're talking about and that's just how popular and how legendary the show is uh, some people think that uh, it petered out by the end. Some people make fun of the ending in the, the last episode. I don't. I don't think. I, I think there's only one Seinfeld episode. It's actually a two-parter, so I'll say two Seinfeld episodes that do not hold up. And it is when Kramer goes to California. Eh, eh, it, it, it does have its moments, though. It does. But I think that show is best when they're in their set pieces and yeah, they're in New York. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you take the gang out of the bar at Cheers. I want them in that bar. I think my, and I want, my favorite part of that two-parter is actually Clint Howard, who's not a regular cast member. Yeah, Clint Howard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do nothing either. Yeah. <laughs> but... I, and that, and I think because it, they try to get a little too fancy with those two. Uh, I don't know. They just seem like they're not real Seinfeld episodes or something because they're they're not there. And it's all shot on location in California, which, which was probably really nice for them because that's where they are anyway. Mm. But uh, that's another thing that I've seen. I, I know I've seen every episode dozens of times. I feel like I have between watching it when it was on, watching it in reruns on TBS, which is not on anymore, although I guess it is on sometimes, but it's not on like it has been. Um, but now they're on Hulu. You can watch every episode on Hulu. Um, and it's a thing now that uh, it, it's a generational thing. And, and I know that, that, I do this, and I, I assume other listeners do as well. You pass these shows on to your kids, and my son watches 
all of these shows with me, not every single episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There's a couple things I'm not ready to watch with him yet, but he has seen every episode of Seinfeld. It's become a, a thing in our family so much so that we do this show together. Um, there's no, the, even though you know, Matt's a big fan of the show. I think that the, the w- reason I like that show so much is because I'm doing it with my son. And this is something that I've passed down to him, even though I really have nothing to do with it. And I think that's what makes a show a great show. I, uh, I adore it. I think it's the greatest. And, and I have been saying TV sitcom. I think it's the greatest show ever made, uh, sitcom or not. And uh, I won't say too much more. Like I said, Seinfeld and character is out there and available for listening. But that's my number one. Nice. Can't argue with it. Christy can. Right. Yeah. Christy yeah. can. Yeah. Let's hear Christy's number one. My number one got introduced to me by... Matt. Oh, and I can't uh, imagine what this is going to be. I just—it's it, one of those shows that I—I I actually we we got Pluto TV, and there's one station on there, the one channel on there that plays it pretty much continuously. So I always know that I can go to it any time, and uh, it's British, and it is the <laughs> IT crowd. <laughs> yes, of course. The IT crowd? The Ooh. IT crowd. It's this about... is the, your favorite show? Yeah, it is. Never heard of it. You've never heard of the IT crowd? <gasps> no. I think it's on Netflix. You need to you see that. That see one it. you're going to like. It is okay. absolutely. It's got Chris O'Dowd. You yeah. like him? The Irish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, uh, Richard Ayoya. Richard Ayoya, yeah. And uh, Matt Berry. And Matt might, Berry. Yeah. And, but toward the end, Matt Berry. Yeah. Like, um, oh, you, you'd like this. You oh, need to see this. It's so funny and absurd. And if you have anybody in your if life. you ever touched a computer. If you've ever looked at a computer. Um, it, it, the premise is that these two guys are in the basement of this huge mega conglomerate. You never really find out what they make. Nope. <laughs> or do. Um, Don't need to. But they're in the basement, and they're the IT department. It's two guys. And they start out the series with, they hire this woman who completely falsifies. No, she doesn't. She, she actually, uh, she, on her resume, she says, is good with computers. And that's all the clueless bu- uh, owner of the company needs to put her in charge of the information technology department. And and she's like, she tries to justify her existence as the supervisor for IT. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on Netflix. It, it's you you need to check this out, Dave. It might be your new addiction by the oh, time yeah. you start. It's, okay. It is it is hilarious, and especially if you get to see the episode called "The Internet." Oh God, yeah. That is by far the funniest episode, and and I I used to just YouTube just that that uh, parts of that that episode, just because there's it is so absurd. And lovely, and um, they won't be making anymore. Nope, they it have... ended with like a ninety-minute special, but it was still yeah. awesome. But it, but it had an ending. Yes. Um, and the gentleman who did isn't this the same guy who did Father Ted? Father Ted and Black Books and Black Books. So yep. he this um, Graham Linehan. Yep. Uh, he he already had amazing shows to begin with, um, but the IT crowd is by far. Hands down, my favorite show. And it's British. Yes, it's British. you got to check it out. I didn't oh, realize yeah. you've never seen it. Oh, no. God. It is hilarious. 
Well, that's good. See, that's what people are getting suggestions from this. That's one of the good things about Britcoms is that they end. Mm-hmm. They, yep. they, they have a story that they want to tell. And if it takes, they don't call them seasons, they call them series. If it takes two series or three series or four, when it's over, it's over. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. Like, I, 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 that's one of my biggest complaints with movies and things in general is that nobody knows how to end anything. And the ending is just as important as everything else. If you're going to write a good beginning and a good middle, you're going to leave it with a shitty ending. That betrays everything that you've done. Like the ending right. is part of the story as well. And the the British television and whatever, like stuff that's on the BBC that we get to see here through things like Netflix or what we used to watch on PBS always is able to do that. And I don't know why American shows can't always do that. Right. Money. Yeah. Or they just want to keep milking it, milking it, you know, getting as much money as they can. They don't seem, not that they don't want to make money in Britain, but they seem to want to tell the story more. But also their, their audiences are more attuned to, they understand there's going to be six series and that's it. Yeah. Have you ever seen father Ted? Yes. Okay. Did you like it? Yes. Okay, then you'll like this. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you've seen Black Books, but that's good. That's like the that's the sleeper of the these three. But I think once you get into Black Books, once you get to know the characters, I think it's just as good as all of the other two. Black Books, I felt like you get robbed though because it didn't really yeah, end properly. Yeah, yep. So I never heard of that one either. It, it left you a little bit dissatisfied. It's uh oh god, it's one of the guys from uh not not the main guys, but he was in a uh, freaking um. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I can't remember what character he was. Not Nick Froster. No, Simon no, not Pegg. the main character, but it's it's one of the other. It's another strong supporting character. Uh, Dylan Moran is the actor. Hmm. Was he in Shaun of the Dead or am I imagining? No, I don't think he was. He was in Run, Fat Boy. Is he, Run. Is he, da- yeah, he is, he's yeah, he's David? David. He's David, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. David in Toronto he, Dead. He is in Run. He's he's his uh, trainer type in okay, Run Fat Boy yep. Run. That guy's good at p- playing a prick. Yeah, and that's what he he's the. I'll give you the premise of Black Books. Not that it's on anyone's list, but Black Books it's about it's a used bookstore, and this guy he owns it, and he pretty much thinks that anything that anyone is looking for is shit, and like he never sells a damn book because he talks him out of yeah, it Yeah, because he talks him out of uh, every purchase he's just so obnoxious and then he hires someone that actually tries to turn the shop around and it's 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 a it's, I, it's a sleeper of the three but i like it just as much as the other two i like that premise it's almost not not to that extent but almost a little like uh high fidelity like sort of yeah you, yeah except it ramped up because he's yeah. like even worse you have a record store or a bookshop and you know everything and you shit on everybody that doesn't. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. But IT crowd, I can't argue with that one either. On my honorable mentions, I'll tell you that much. Good job, Christy. Thanks. Even if it isn't Seinfeld. Yeah, it will never be. <laughs> All right, Matt, what is the greatest TV sitcom ever? Okay, the only thing I can add to this conversation that we've already had tonight is that it's one of the few shows that I did that my family and I watched together. It's like we, we watched a lot of shows together. We watched, well, did a lot of primetime viewing, but this one, all of us sat and watched. And considering its setting is a little strange for the kids, except for the fact that it's that good of a show. We watched it from the 
the night it aired all the way to the night it ended. I'm watching it again on Netflix. In fact, I started at like season seven or eight because that's what I had wanted to see. And I just let it roll, kept rolling like David said earlier. And I'm back to, I think, four or five about to catch up where I started. I'll probably keep keep it rolling as well. And I think it is one of the great, not one of the, but the greatest sitcom ever written, performed and directed. And it was Dave's number three, I believe. I'm talking about Cheers. Nice. Now, are you a Woody or Coach guy? That's a tough one because Woody's been on it longer, so he has more memorable shows. But I think every, almost every line out of Coach's mouth was laugh-worthy. Yeah. Some of some of Woody's is just being the the hick and you laugh at him but coach was like so i guess i'm a coach guy but i love them both i mean woody's got some of the best storylines from meeting kelly to the in fact i just saw the kelly 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 right. kelly kelly episode the other day yeah <laughs> his acting um when he wanted to be an actor so but that's just because he's been on it like three times longer than than coach was because of his untimely yeah. death yeah Christy, do you have an opinion on Coach versus Woody? I like Woody better, just because, like like Matt was saying, he was a, he was just on it longer, so he had more mm. exposure to him. And it's it's it, it's hard in the fact that you know I kind of barely remember Coach stuff, but I remember the Woody stuff a lot better. Yeah, and they are funny in some ways the same way and in some ways differently yes so you can certainly it's not like a i mean nobody's saying they hate one and like the other everybody likes them right yeah but it's it's funny i like to hear what people's preferences more more so with that than than rebecca and diane because that to me was always the secondary storyline on shows when when the show revolved around them i was always i wouldn't say disappointed but I wanted it to have less to do with them. I found the men funnier than than the women on that show, even Carla. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's again, it's you have two main women characters. Three when BB Norris comes in, but you got a dozen guys by the time BB Norris comes in. Hell, even Paul's a named character by the time she comes in. They're just yeah, out, they just have the numbers. I mean, yeah, Paul's on almost every. I saw the first Paul one in in my rotation around again. Um, he ends up singing the Bonanza oh, theme song, and that's how that's like his introduction to them. I love the I love the one where they all go out, decide to go out to like the desert and camp or something, and they don't bring Paul. But every time they get they cut back to the bar, he's like, "I could have went with them if I wanted to." And they're like, mm-hmm. we know, we know. Yeah, he's so pathetic. <laughs> Star of Office Space. Yeah, yeah. The thing that I think that Coach did that I don't know that a lot of people could do. And and I don't know him from a whole lot. I think he was in, I don't want to say he was in The Godfather, but he was in some stuff when he was younger, more serious stuff. Yeah. that His comic timing, there's one, and Matt, you'll know, he's not even on screen and he gets my It's Other than him teaching Sam about Albania. (laughs) Albania. (laughs) Yeah, and you know know all the words to that, right? Yep. You border on the Adriatic. Your land is mostly mountainous. 
and your Mave X export is Chrome. <laughs> yeah, so his his other funniest thing is when he's trying to show them all, demonstrate to them how as a player he could get hit by a pitch. Yes, yeah. No matter what. And he's in the pool room and he gets them to throw the ball. And you just see he's not even on screen. You see the ball go in and you hear this yeah. and he goes, and I'm on my way to first. <laughs> He's not even on screen. Nope. And a lot of people can't do that. Nope. He deserves mad props. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we probably have a ton of uh, honorable mentions. Should we just go through our yeah. list one by one? Yeah. Yeah. I won't go into too much detail because this show's getting a little long. Yep. But uh, I will say that uh, w- Curb Your Enthusiasm when I started to make it, it was one of the first things I wrote down but I didn't put it on the list because I already had Seinfeld on there and the last season of Kirby Enthusiasm was insanely disappointing to me mm, okay so, so I bumped that to probably what would have been six but I had that and the same thing with Frasier I already I, I, it was another thing I'd never seen Frasier until actually not that long ago oh wow okay and I don't know why. I loved the character. I loved everything about it. And I made myself not made myself sit down and watch it. It was a joy to do. Watched every episode. It took a long time. Frasier's a very long show. Um, but that's on Netflix at your disposal. So that's probably also why Frasier didn't make the list because I already had him on as Cheers. But my others would be uh, MASH, which is definitely um, something that I think founded my some of my comedy as a as a boy watching it was the only show my dad ever watched oh wow <laughs> and uh for whatever reason he liked that show and we would watch it together so i do have fond memories of mash uh, i do have friends on my list uh a show that was here and gone i think two seasons and it's on hulu but i loved was sports night oh god yeah yeah I think that show got robbed of what could have been really, really groundbreaking television because I think it was. I like shows, even though most of my ones that are on here, like Seinfeld, has a laugh track. The laugh track is dumb when you think about it. Mm. And it's always sunny. doesn't have a laugh track. Sports Night was one of the first things I really, really remember not having a laugh track. And that was a big deal because I don't need to be told when to laugh. But shows still do it. Every show, Almost every show does it. Some shows do it so much you can't hear the characters. Watch the friggin', friggin Big Bang Theory. I mean, everything that everything uh, that Jim Parsons says yeah. gets the roaringest laugh that you could ever think of. It's like he did said said nothing. So I don't. I mean, that that kind of bothers me with shows. Um, and a couple of things that I've been watching recently. They're not. I don't think top top shows, but they're worth watching. Is um, Episodes, which was on Showtime, you can watch that on Netflix. Schitt's Creek is on Netflix as well, and Taxi is on. Ah, who, I'm glad I, I didn't think of Taxi. Put that on. <laughs> Would have made it harder. Yeah. And my only, my only real Britcom show is Mr. Bean, and that was something that I remember watching um, on PBS or trying to find tapes of, or maybe it would go on Comedy Central or something. And I guess it, it is a sitcom, and there's there's not that many of them. But uh, it's another guy that I think nobody can do what Rowan Atkinson can do. So that's my honorable mentions. What about you, Christy? Um, I just have a couple. Uh, Father Ted, which we talked about. Uh, Most recent, um, I have to say, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Well, 
It's it's, it's considered it's a it's not a twenty two minute it, one. Yeah, it it but I just I have to put it on a list somewhere because it's it's yeah it is really good. Um, definitely mash. Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, just the ones that I remember growing up because there was a lot of sitcom watching in my house. Yeah. Um, that's my mama. No. Oh. <laughs> On the rocks. No. Oh. It's a living. Oh, um, I used to love it's a living. I gotta change my you list. Just, it's like Angelian. Nah, I like Crystal Bernard. No. Um No, I like Gail Edwards. That one with Ted Knight. Too close for comfort. Too close for comfort. I, I used to watch all of those. If it was the eighties I watched the sitcom. So um like we were talking, it's a hard list to make because sometimes it's, it's a lot of it has to do with nostalgia for me. Yeah. Um, probably don't hold up today, but definitely made an impact on on my comp, on my sense of what's funny. All right, what do you think, Matt? Uh, you guys have mentioned a lot of the stuff that's online. Frasier, definitely one of the best spinoffs in my age of TV watching, which is funny considering the Cheers also had one of the worst spinoffs ever with the Tortellis. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that was a thing. Married with, Ch- Married with Children. That was a show me and my father used to love to watch. My mother enjoyed it to an extent, but my father and I used to catch that every Sunday night. Mm. Uh, MASH is, of course, on my list. Night Court is on my list, and not only because it was it's fresh in my mind because Harry Anderson just died, but it's one of those ones I just recently rewatched in the past year or two, beginning to end. Dan Fielding is a great character. Uh, so is uh, Harry Stone, Bull, of course, and then all his his, his three different uh, partners that he had in comedy throughout the run. Oh, another great ensemble cast throughout the years. Uh, yeah. One I don't think about a lot, but when I was looking at the list and saw the name, I'm like, I can't think of a bad episode of this show, and I think I've watched the entire show in reruns, The Jeffersons, another mm-hmm. solid show. Um, Black Adder's on there, but Black Adder was hard to put on the list because it's a different, it's the same lineage uh, of, of family, but it's a different time period every year of its run. So that was like, it's more like a short series of, of four different people or characters as well. And then a couple of specials after that. So that was, I, I kind of disqualified that because there wasn't multiple seasons of it like Red Dwarf. Um, the IT crowd, Black Books, Father Ted is on there. Eastbound and Down. Kenny, oh, crap. Kenny Powers is one of the greatest love-to-hate-em characters ever written. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you forgot that one. <laughs> I don't think it would have bumped my top five, but definitely an honorable mention. What a great, what a great three season run. Yep. And then I capped it off with WKRP in Cincinnati because that was kind of fresh in my head too. Just having come back from Ohio, not far from Cincinnati, and the theme song was stuck in my head. And that's another show I can't think of a bad episode from. So that's this was a tough list. Yeah. And no Cosby. No. Not because of anything other than it was. And no Alf. <laughs> Go figure. No Gordon. I thought you were gonna. You were gonna have Small Wonder as your number one. Oh, this is of a course, joke. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I didn't even think of that one. 
throb. Throb's my number oh, one. Oh, God. What's throb? Throb, that was about uh, a record company in New York or something like that. Oh, God, I remember that. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, Part of TGIF, it was Paul, Paul Walker's first role. He's the, the woman's son, uh, Diana Canova. I'm looking it up now. Misfits <laughs> of Science. Courtney Cox? Yep. Well, it sounds like uh, a lot of our stuff actually, maybe not a lot, but some of it has been in the 80s. So if you're into 80s stuff, we do some 80s content on neozaz.com. If you're listening to this for the first time, we have a show called The Great 80s, The Great 80s Movie Debate, which uh, Christy is, uh, I, w- I would say, the host of. Would you call yourself the host of The Great 80s? I would call you the host. I am the support I, staff. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm the, not. You, I'm the. You're on. You're on every episode. You're the host. I am. I am the constant. Let's call it the constant. You are the legacy of the Grady's. Feels like the Matrix now. I'm the, the through constant. line. You're the motherboard. I am. Oh God. <laughs> well, we take a uh, different '80s movie every week and see if it holds up by, to, by today's standards and then the week after we'll do a list just like this having something to do with that 80s movie so if you like 80s stuff check that out as well as all of the other content that we have on neozaz.com um, including like I said Seinfeld and character I think most of our shows in our top 5 could definitely have its own series yeah I'd say so you could do the office in character. We, we talked about Cheers already. It's always sunny. All these things could have. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Trailer Park Boys has had one. Seinfeld has yeah. one now. I've wanted to do a Corner Gas one. I've wanted to do Red Dwarf in character, and we've talked about Cheers in character. So, yeah, my list would be easy to do, and with your guys, except maybe you Hart. Yeah. Well, it's worth a try. Do three do episodes it, of New Heart and character. Character: Larry, Daryl, and then Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yep. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for uh, taking this walk down memory lane of the greatest TV sitcoms with me. Sure. Yeah. It was fun. And, uh, it was fun. It was tough. If you don't think it was tough, let's hear what you have to say out there, <laughs> listeners. We have uh, our Facebook page is NeoZaz. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter. But uh, throw your list together and pop it on our page. See, pop. Blast us, blast us out with your knowledge. And, uh, yeah, we want to hear your list, too. That's the fun thing about doing these lists. Like I said, you get suggestions. So give us some suggestions because I already got a couple here tonight. Hope you did, too, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening and all that stuff. Cool. All right. Good God, that was long. I thought this was going to be quick.